one of the most amazing things <clears throat> of the Parshish, I always think to myself, that the history of our forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, Yankiv, and Yosef, and his brothers, and going to Mitzrayim, is the Torah what Hashem gave us. And the Torah gave it to us because we could learn enormous amount from it. Enormous, enormous, what we could learn from the parishes, for everyone in their own life, on, because it's just it's incredible. So I want to point out something very interesting. Yosef was uh, putting the brothers through a very hard time. You know, the brothers were like terrified. And Chazal said that, imagine these 10, you know, they were physically very strong, emotionally very strong, and there were 10 of them. And Yosef really shook them up. First, he accused them as spies. And it's, you know, when, you know, when we read the Pasha every year, we get a little bit desensitized. You accused as a spy. You put him to jail for three days. It wasn't like nowadays, make sure of a fair trial, observers, and who knows. If, he, if uh, the brothers knew, if uh, God could just put him away. And worse it is, we could not exist without this guy over there. There's a hunger in Eretz Canaan. I mean, it's just, to them, this was like, when the accused of spies, they were horrified. Shimon was put into jail. After three days, they took him out, and Shimon was put into jail. Then he makes this incredible demand, which shook him to the core, that he wants Biyaman to be brought in front of him. And he says to them, if you don't bring Biyaman, don't see my face, which means die from hunger. So they waited, Rashi says, they waited. Yaakovin refused to send, so they waited and they said, let's wait till the food runs out, and then we're gonna have to, he is gonna have to send, send us, Binyamin. That's exactly what happened. They waited till the food ran out, and he agreed to send Binyamin. And the most unthinkable thing happened over here, the most frightening thing happened over here, that Binyamin was arrested because they found him steal the silver cup. You know, you know it is two opinions in the Medrash. One opinion says the Medrash that they said to him, Ganev, the son of a Ganev, the brother said to him, your mother stole the, the trophim, but Lavan, you know the story Lavan, Rachel stole the idols from her father. You are copying your mother. The Ganev bin Ganev. Others didn't feel that way. Felt that, you know, probably he's innocent. But the brothers, what now? Yehuda was terrified over here. And can imagine the terror. Binyom is not coming home. What are we going to say to our father? You know why the terror was so even more terrifying? Because they felt guilty about Yosef. They had second thoughts about it. You know, look, look, we caused our father such pain. You know, and, and what did they, what did, when he was arrested on the spot, it says in the Pasha, he's, they all said, well, I'll be slaves. No, 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 no. I don't need anyone to be slave. The one who was found the silver cup is going to be my slave. 
You know, it, it, you come, you are in a place where you don't know what to do. You're hitting a wall. See, today you hear in the news, the guy was, uh, I will appeal it. Sometimes it works, some, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, but how to. There was nothing to appeal. Well, where are you going to appeal? So you know what Yehuda did? I have to do what I could do. We don't give up as a Jewish nation. So you know what he asked? He asked for to please pardon him. This is what the pastor says. He asked to please pardon him. He didn't say that he's innocent and you planted it. You planted the evidence. Not a word. Now today's courts, he would have, if it would have been a normal court, he would have said, you know, the police planted the drugs. You know, that happens sometimes. He didn't say nothing. All he said was, you're right, he's guilty, but have pity. He was begging for being pardoned. Sounds, you know, he wasn't even, he barely arrested. Pardon is after you have the trial, you're arrested, he's in jail. On the spot, he asked for to be pardoned. But the Torah teaches us of, of, of the Klali soul as a nation, we don't give up. There's a wall standing in front of you. And we just don't give up. And you know what? When he said in the Yosef, it turned out that all the pain was not real. You know, once he said, you know, the brothers were confused and didn't, uh, uh, the confusion was unbelievable because he, he, he knocked on the civil cover, he says, you're Reuven, you're Shimon, you're Levi. They were just looked at each other, you know. The Medrash says, he said to them the most private things he said to them. So the Medrash says, this was to them, just didn't make sense. And, you know, how does he know everything? When he said, Ani Yosef, everything fell apart. Meaning to say, they now knew where the pain is coming from. They knew exactly what this is all about. This is, a, the, this is Yosef, and this is what he's doing to us. All the pain was an illusion. Like, really. And you know what they saw also? The pain, they realized, was for their own benefit. Yosef, why did Yosef do all this? Because he wanted they should do tshuva. And they did, but not enough. But he, they realized, um, when Yosef said, Ani Yosef, you know, the Medrash says, when he says, Ani Yosef, you know, that it all passed out. Imagine, can you, you know what? Can you imagine you living for 22 years, and you're living in a, in, in a state of you believe what you're doing is right, and it turns out you're wrong. It's the most horrifying thing. You sold your brother into slavery, and your father is an enormous amount of pain, and you believe, you know, you believe really that you're, whatever you're doing is correct, you know, and, and you watch your father, 22 years of pain, everything got to tell you, but we're right, but we're right, but we're right, we did the right thing. All of a sudden, I need Yosef, and you see he's really the king. The dreamer was really true. A Yaakov, he knew what he was doing. That emotional pain was so powerful, the Medrash says they all passed out. Amazing. But they realized that all the pain then, right there, was for benefit for them. They realized that. That this is, in, in true life, we don't see that. We have go through pains in life. We don't see now why that pain is for the good. We, we see zero. We just got to bear the pain and our faith. But just like the brothers, 
when they saw the pain, why? Yosef represents the first Mashiach. The Rizal says the first Mashiach, Yosef, was Yosef. He was never, he, when he told the brothers, and Yosef, the brothers understood why they had all this pain. Mashiach is going to come, he'll tell us also all of us why we have such pain. Everything, just by saying a few words. Right now, when you're in the dark, you don't know, the brothers were in such dark, in such emotional turmoil. Well, um, they didn't see the light. It's not like, you know, it's always, you know, hindsight is 22, you sight, you know what I mean? When you look back, they didn't, they did have no idea why this was going on. So, you know, the Torah teaches us an incredible thing. That the truth is two things. One, you never give up. You see from the story, Yehuda never gave up. Second, you see that once the, the right time comes, everyone is going to know why we're in such pain. Because who doesn't wish to have a life without pain, even though it's not real? Life is painful. That would be the simple thing of young people falling in love, a simple thing as brushing your teeth, using the facility. Life has a lot of, it's not pain, but we'll understand one day why we had to go through this pain. And when we'll see it, we'll understand how important it was. See, you know what, I want to say something very, very profound. I'm going to try to explain it in a very simple way. Yosef could have told his brothers, but the first time came visit, I am Yosef. You know, you realize you made a mistake? I'm Yosef. And I am the king. And you guys need me very badly. And I'm going to feed you. You see, I was right. Ask forgiveness. Nothing would have happened. They could have just said from the beginning. You guys are coming here. Hi, brothers. I'm Yosef. Introduced himself. Not put them through who knows what. And you would have tried to tell him. You know, when I, my children were growing up, sometimes I wouldn't say anything I would say to them. I found that I was more powerful with girls, not the boys. Just looking at them, what's this all about? Yosef could have just said to the, Yosef could have just said to the brothers, hello, I'm, I'm, I'm king over here. I was right. Why did you sell me? Why did you make fun of my dreams? You got to do true for it. Nothing would have helped. They had to go through enormous amount of pain. That they'd be in jail three days. That they'd be in Yosef Dirushem Shemaim, the Zoe says. The Zoe explains in great detail. The proof that Zoe says, he filled up the, the, when he bought the food back, he filled up the bags with their money. He sent back the money. He extra loaded them with food for the trip. The Zoe keeps on saying, Yosef did it kill Hashem Shemaim, knowing in order the ticket to fix the, what they sold him into slavery got to come through pain. That's how it is. You know, pain makes us a better person. It's terrible. Pain makes us see insight, have a better insight. We hate pain. And no one wants pain. We wish the life would be sweet. But unfortunately, the reality is when we go through pain, we gain incredible insight. Every person in their pain. 
It's like an older person could help younger people because we went through that pain. We went through that, you know, emotional, physical, whatever. We are dealing in life. You know what I mean? But Yosef, uh, this is so important. Yosef saw if I would just tell him I need Yosef, it wouldn't happen. They wouldn't do tshuva the right way. It wouldn't. It makes sense. If you think about it, it makes very much sense. You just say to them, and he says, uh-huh, you know, I was right. They would think about him, oh, you were right. You think you were right. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they had to have this enormous amount of pain. And the chesidious one add another. You know, it says, Yosef could not hold back to the, what Yiddish we call to the plots. You know what that means? Still, he... He says, he says, everyone out, and he plots. Seems like if he could have waited, he would have waited. Because he felt they didn't do tshuva enough. They, didn't, they still needed a little more pain. And if he would have waited, maybe they would have done. They did tshuva, but not, not as much. But they, when they realized, finally with the enormous of pain, they realized, and the Yosef, they literally, you know, one Madhuma Medishas, not only they passed out, there's a Madhuma Medishas, they died. And there was Tchis Hamesim. It wasn't just they passed out. Because again, to, in order to see your mistakes, unfortunately, sometimes we have to go through pain. That's when we see our mistakes and how we should change and about what we can do. Sometimes we know, but we don't change it. And we say, I'm sorry, it's not a real I'm sorry. Well, the Chazal, this question is asked, what you're asking, everyone asked this question, what she's asking, caused the pain. The simple answer, Yosef knew that this has to be in order the brothers to do tshuva. And that was more important. You know, I, I was once Menachem over a person. Happened more than once, but this, is, this was very clear. His wife died suddenly, a young lady. She had a baby. And she developed complications. I think, I think it was two weeks later, she, she was gone, unfortunately, not many years ago. She passed away from childbirth, not right away. She, she had a difficult delivery, and I think two weeks later, she died. I remember Menachem Ovalim, and he confided to me that he, he was crying hysterical. One of the things he was crying that, you know, I should have said I'm sorry to her with the last time we got into an argument. I said I'm sorry, but I didn't say it enough. There was a young man, I don't think he was maybe 24, 25, young, young man, and his wife was young. And I remember it had such an impression on me that he said, he did, you know, I asked him, why you, you, you didn't talk? No, of course. I mean, we made Kiddush and plans was how to make the kiddush we were talking but you know woman going through pregnancy my wife was very moody and we got into arguments and i never apologized the right way it bothered him abnormally see this is what this is what we the Torah teaches us it took yosef how to do this to the brothers they should apologize the right way you know sometimes when you're in pain then you see like you could really apologize And you know, the other thing is what we see in the Pasha, if they would have apologized, 
the world would have had a better, we Klaliso would have been better off. Our fights and our, we don't get along with each other, comes from that. And the more we do tshuva, the more we are masakin that thing. And the, you know, that's why achdus means togetherness is extremely important. To get along with everyone. It's very easy. Not to get along is very easy. I always tell this to people. Getting along is harder. Tolerating others people, other people is much harder. Not to get along? <laughs> As I always said, it's amazing how two-year-olds go to the same school to learn the same type of a tantrum to make. You ever notice two-year-olds? I watch my grandchild. They know how to do it. All two-year-olds seem like went to the same yeshiva or the same girls' school. You know, they know how to put up a tantrum. You know, we don't need, this is just inborn into us. Not to get along is easy. You know, the children start, in the crib they start fighting. The trick it is, is to get along. And that is what we have to learn from the, the, the Aftoida. The Mashiach is going to come. The first thing Mashiach is going to come is going to bring peace. Do you know what brings peace, Rabbi Sai? Wisdom to understanding. The reason we don't get along with others is because we don't understand them. And we're extremely judgmental. That's why it says, Elov, Yosef, when he said to the brothers, I am Yosef, it says, Behisvada, it means das, understanding. Because to get along, we need deep understanding. The better you understand a person, the better you could appreciate him, the better you could love him, the better you could get along. Love comes from understanding. It doesn't come from lust. Lust just glues it. But if you, you know, even a husband and wife, the more you understand each other, the more you appreciate each other. That's, that's das. You know, in the, in the Pasha, he even says another profound thing, an incredible profound thing. It says that Yosef tells his brothers, I want to tell you something. Do you know who brought me here? He says, Hashem brought me here. It's very interesting how he says this. He says, Atu and now, Roy Atim Shalachtem, not you send me, or you see? Heinu Kielakim. I send send me over here. I mean, you guys didn't what, what was you guys just saying? You sold me into a slave. A humiliating, frightening thing. And I wound up in jail twelve years because of you guys. That, that's the truth. He was sold as a slave, and she started up with him, and she put him into jail. Thirteen years. So the Mepharshim say a very profound thing. Yosef wanted to make Shalom. And he said to them a very powerful thing. I know you don't believe that I could forgive you. Because truthfully, how could, how could someone forgive, forgive you? The brothers felt that they can never be forgiven. If you are right, we're wrong, it's mind-boggling. It is. Think about it. You hear the stories in the news, a guy was in jail 22 years. Even more, I think someone, someone told me 27 years. And the prosecutor was, uh, I don't know the, the whole story, but uh, you hear such stories where the prosecutor was corrupt. It's frightening, what you, what, you know. So the brothers were real, you're a shemaim, And they realized 
what a what a horrible thing they were wrong. The misguy. So they thought, how could uh, how could Yosef forgive them? So Yosef says to them, you know why I could forgive you? Because now I understand why this had to happen. I had to come to Egypt to be king because there was a hunger, and my father has to come down to Mitzrayim. So I was paved the way. Imagine a guy goes into jail for 12 years, 13 years away, and because of that, he, he made it big. It's much easier to forgive. Because what Yosef wanted to really do was bring his brothers together. You know, let them understand, I am forgiving you. The brothers never, they, they doubted it. This week's Pasha, they, you know, they came, and after Yaakov died, they come to, uh, they send a message to, Yank, to Yosef, you know, Daddy said before his death, please, uh, please forgive your brothers. You know, you know the famous Pasik? He said, your father, before he died, you should forgive. It's like someone saying, you know, when children, you know, a parent tells a child, call her up and say, I'm sorry. He calls up, you know, mom said I should say, I'm sorry. We all know how that sounds. That's what they said. Because they really had, didn't believe it's possible he should forgive them. And Yosef was much higher. Yosef was at such a level, he was able to forgive totally. See, what we learn from this Pasha, you know, we are here in this world, we will make mistakes. The, the greatness of what Hashem gave it to us, that we could fix our mistakes. Not all mistakes could be fixed, let's be realistic. You know, certain things can never be fixed, murder can never be fixed. Certain things, you know, well, certain things can never be fixed. Uh, without going into great detail, you know. But, but generally speaking, a person has done a mistake, he has sinned, he did something wrong. You could, and the Torah knows that Hashem created Shiva before he created the world. And that's why the Hasidim, I will explain something very profound. That's why the Hasidim, they always believe we should attach ourselves to the Tzaddik. Because Yosef was the tzaddik. If the brothers would have attached to him and forgiven him, understood he could get, the world would have had a much better taken. Yosef was the first tzaddik. The tzaddik really means a person who was like Yosef, who didn't, you know, he kept his guard and didn't fool around. And he was Yosef a tzaddik, living in Mitzrayim. He didn't look at the girls. This week's passage, the Medrash says, that the girls were crazy over him. What the Medrash says? The Medrash says that when they took him out of Mitzrayim, the girls were standing on the walls and throwing jewelry. So it reminds me, when I was very young, my sister Lershon was older and she was telling me when the Beatles came to America, he was, I was very young then. But he was like, uh, the Goyish girls were, uh, it was like, well, but the Medrash says, Yosef, kept his eyes closed, did not open his eyes. I mean, all the COVID, the crazy over you, you know, and everyone wanted him. He was a bachelor. You know, he wasn't married. You know, went through town quickly. That's what the girls wanted him. It was a big, big, big test for Yosef, who he's going to marry now. 
but he held very strong. That gave Koyach of Yosef to give blessings. That's the represents the tzaddik. Yosef was the tzaddik who brought down Hashbua. He was the one who fed the tire. It's Canaan Eretz Mitzrayim. The Koyach of the Midas Yisod has the power to give blessings. That's why the Rebbes have a Koyach to give a blessing. Because they, have, they are blessed because they're the tzaddik and they, just like Yosef represents, he fed everyone. So the tzaddikim have a power by giving a blessing to feed everyone. Don't. We do hidden ones. We don't know who they are, unfortunately. No. They should have trusted. What's what I'm saying? They should have trusted the father. They should have a minister tzaddikim. Yaakov, they should have known that if Yaakov favors him, there must be something very special about him. And he was truly very special. Yosef was a higher level than all the brothers put together. And if I said it over here, I'll say it again. The Medrash says, Leahad. Reuven the Bechor, Shad Levi represents Nevoah, Shad Yehuda represents uh, Malchus, Shad Yisachar represents wisdom. Yosef had all four. He was the Bechor to his mother. He, uh, he was king, not just, he was king. He had Ruach HaKodesh, Ruach HaLakim, the Pesach says, and he was incredible wise. Ein Chochen Kamoichel, no one. He had all four in one person. You know, we can have a hundred very bright people and we'll say it, it equals the Rambam. One genius like the Rambam doesn't equal a hundred, put them together. When one contains all the other things is a much higher level than just four people have it. Yosef was incredible big. The brothers, uh, what you're asking, the brothers didn't trust the father. They felt that Yosef knew how to shmooze his father, got him, uh, you know, sometimes, you know. Well, Yitzchak was blind. And they, and they should have, other they should have known Yaakov was very careful. Yitzchak was blind, so Yosef fooled him. But ya- Yaakov was going to be very careful not to be fooled. So they should have trusted Yankov. Yeah, that's true, but he didn't re- uh, 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 if you learn the simple pshat, Esav never, Yitzchak never realized who Esav really was. That's true, but they should have trusted him here, it was as a new, it's a new, you know, it's a, they should have, Yaakov would have been very careful. The point of all this is that Yaakov now had to go into Golis. Why did this all happen, really? This all happened, Yankov had to go into Golis with the 70 Nefashas. And these 70 was going to become this great nation. You know what Hashem told Yaakov Avini? Tells him, don't be afraid to go to Mitzrayim. So the Rashi says, you never tell a person not to be afraid unless you have what to be afraid of. You know, your mom is walking the child on the street and there's a dog coming. Don't be afraid. You don't see her on the roach, don't be afraid. 
big dog is walking, the mom grabs the hand and says, don't be afraid. The word, don't be afraid, is about to be afraid. And Hashem tells Yaakov, I'm going down with you, and I'm coming up with you. This is the promise that Hashem promised us. The Shechina is with us right here in L.A., in this shul, in your home. Watching over us. The Shechina is in every Jewish home, especially when there's a marriage in the home, even higher level, especially with the Shon Ba'is, even a higher level. But the Shechina is in everyone, in with us in Golas. It watches over us, makes things happen, because we do exist in a miraculous way. We're here living in L.A. and build yeshivas and children growing up. We, we live in a miraculous way of the Jewish nation, because the Shechina is with us. Not only is the Shechina with us, but you have to tell yourself that you are Shem's favorite. I know we have a hard time accepting that. But Hashem really, really loves you. God is infinite. His love is infinite. And he, you know, he made you. He made me. He made all of us. He's waiting. Wow, this creature that I created, Davin today, on his own, doing the right thing, folded the stood up what's right. See, the more you tell yourself that you're loved, the more you peace with yourself. And it's, it's very hard for many, many people I find it to be extremely difficult. Shem loves me, what does that mean? But the truth is, not only does he love you, after tells you, you're his favorite. Because Hashem is infinite. You know, favoritism is only by humans because we have a certain amount of ta- how much we could carry in our mind. Ah, so we focus on one. Shem is uh, what we see in our telescope, how many stars up there is, is countless. So you have to tell yourself, Hashem really loves you. With all our pains in life, with all our disappointments, one day, We'll be able to seek it with like the brothers. Why is this happening to us? See, if we would really feel loved, we would be a happy people. It's like, you know, young people who, who just fall in love. They think that the sun is a different sun and the grass is a different grass. And I always tell people I grew up from, we didn't have that, but, you know, I spoke to people who grew up secular. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, like, you know, like uh, the the whole world was different. And the truth is, you are loved by Hashem. I know many people have, yes, he is so proud of you. He, look, he put us in this life. I did not ask to be created. He created me. He put me down over here. And gave me these challenges. And every time we do the slightest right thing, this cheering. I don't know if women would appreciate this, but men, I always tell the men that, you know, I, I, in the football game I was explained, 
that if the ball moves a little bit, a few yards, the whole place goes screaming, cheering. 100,000 people cheering. Every time the Zoya says, you do one mitzvah, you move a little bit closer to Kedusha, you didn't make it. Just, you said, I'm not going to give in to the Yetzirah. I'm going to do something right, even though it's difficult. In heaven, millions of angels cheer. They're waiting for that. That's what the Zoya says. You know what the problem is? We don't hear it. The, the ball player hears it. He hears the cheering, and he gets the money. I mean, it's the, uh, people told me it's a gazob around the money. Uh, $40 million. Oh, wow, just, you know, you, you see the money, and you hear the cheering. It's a little less. We don't hear the mo- cheering, and we don't see the money. And we say, I did the right thing. My business this week should go great. I should have new customers. Money should come in. See, it doesn't work that way. That's why it's so hard. But you have to believe that every time we do something to get close to Hashem, He, wow, is Hashem proud of you. Because that's why we are created, to have a relationship with Him. So it's Sunday, and it's a sunny day in California, and it's not so cold as we make out of it. But, you know, we should be, try it out, smile all day. I'm telling you, you can get more mileage out of today. Not more mileage. When you're happy, when you're happy, you do a much better job. It was very difficult, but the first few times I put up a fake smile, a huge fake smile. And after a while, it became like, uh, it made such a difference for myself, for my wife, and even the nurses. I, I was always astounded how the nurses was abnormally friendly, because everyone likes a smiling face, everyone. And I went to, I went to recently with the wife to the checkup. You have to go to the clinic always to check it up. And they remember me, my first name. It's a very difficult name. I said, how do you remember, you know? Well, I remember you, you, you know, I didn't want to say, but it's because, you know, most people sit there. And I, I don't blame anyone. I, I was watching the hospital. Most people sitting there, fear and terror, you don't know. And, and you know. But if you, and the, the truth is, if you fake the smile, you do become happy. You find things to be happy about. You know, it's just the smallest things you cherish. You know, just sitting next to her bed. You know, I fell asleep, I was so exhausted sometimes. But, you know, the small things mean a lot. Because that's true, because, you know, we would, if we would let ourselves go with our feelings, most of us are on it's the curse of admonition after his sin that we are unhappy creatures 
No one is happy unless conscientious said, I'm going to work at it. I, when I was young, I used to do this. We see people happier, which I want to know what the trick was. I'm going to stop doing But I remember everyone I asked, I found it. It's a conscientious thing they do it. I happened to be very lucky. My father was that way. So my father being always happy. But, you know, the truth is, it is... You look at my own father. Like, he was a Holocaust survivor. And it's almost 10 years he's not here, and I still miss him because he always smiled to us. Always was happy. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, uh, that could be, but I wouldn't say that about my mom. I wouldn't say that about my aunts or my uncles. And I, um, I beg to differ about that. I grew up in a, in a community. Everyone was Holocaust survivors, and uh, it was unique. My father was. But the truth is, but when you're happy. When you're truly, truly happy, you know, you, you, things become more time, but you can't become true unless you fake it. Because who doesn't have pain? You know, it could be the smallest pain, it could be a toothache, it could be the, the, a child misbehaving, or it could be the pandas, or just things not working your way. We, we, have, we, have, we all have pain in life. There's no one who doesn't have pain doesn't exist. The difference is how we let it hit us. So, we, uh, you know, just tell yourself, I'm going to put up a huge smile. You know who benefits from it? Yourself. I always tell myself, if I was not smiling one day, I'm the one who did not get the benefit out of it. I could make people around me miserable, too. You know, people unhappy and uh, I like to make miserable people around them, too. But the point is, I'm going to gain. And it takes work. It takes conscious. And the Torah begs us to be happy. Shem says, you do the mitzvah of happiness, you get extra credit. Huge bonuses. Imagine, Hashem begs us to be happy. and tells you, be happy, I'll, I'll pay you. I'll bribe you. Imagine, you tell a child, you'll be happy getting a $100 bill. Or you're getting your eye, whatever, iPhone, whatever their children want, or whatever they're dreaming about. Do you know the most suicide happens? And their holidays. I, I, I heard, I, you know, had an unfortunate stepdaughter as well, and she was in the hospital, and I remember it was told then, who the most of the, most of the suicide is in the, their holidays. It, it sounds, and advertisements probably makes it look this way. In reality, you know what? Even more, I heard this from a, from a social worker once, and my son was not, I was getting chemotherapy, and she said to me a very profound thing. She says, people who watch comedy are not as happy because, you know, we don't have a television and my, my son never saw a television. She says that people who don't watch comedy are much happier than people who watch comedy. She said, why? She explained it very simple. She says, they're waiting for the television to make them happy. People don't have it. They work on themselves to be happy in a subconscious way. This is how she explained it. Because she was... Uh, you know, trying to get to, my son was a teenager, then trying to get, you know, they were sitting and get them to smile. And 
The truth is, that's, that's, that's the truth. The truth is, we have to do it on our own. So, two things I want to bless you all. Walk around smiling. Fake it. Tell yourself, I'm going to fake a huge smile. And second, take time for yourself and talk to Hashem. Take, uh, being alone, you and Hashem is so powerful. And beg Him what you need. Imagine, you know what He says to you? Nudge me. The more you nudge me, the more I like you. Some of you feel, I don't want to be a nudge, I don't want to be a bother, and you know. And Hashem says to us, A hafti, you know when I love you? When I hear you begging, and you being a nudge, a bother. Yeah, I mean, the Torah says, the Torah says, Tachas avatos Hashem alakimcha besimcho, betiv leveiv merovkol. It does say that not being happy is, uh, sometimes we can't, but we have to do our best. The Torah does say that Torah demands us to be happy. Yeah, I'm not talking about clinical, but our people who suffer, I had my own uh, stepdaughter, so I was clinical. Was, you know, the, the, that's proven. That's a proven thing. Nothing to do with situation. It's just uh, people are born. Some some people suffer horrible for mental illness and all these things. Is is it true? But a general person who doesn't suffer, man, we generally don't want to be happy. No one wakes up in the morning and screams, "Yay! I woke up this morning." Still exist. Very, very helpful book. Lots of people use it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay.